Hey everyone in BearCast, <laughs> we got Zach Schmidt uh, in the Zoom call. Uh, we're super, super, super excited. I mean, he's worked in multiple places. You, you're doing Spotify, you used to be a, you know, a professor, you, you did freelance a little bit. You, might, you just mind just like sharing more value. Like, <laughs> I mean, I've always been passionate about audio production. I think a lot of us that got into audio production started like, I'm gonna make records, I'm gonna be in a band, right? And I did that in my teenage years. and. Um, came to came to eMedia to really think about like how do you make that a career and um, that led to a career in a lot of like freelance post-production and music and worked in some some instrument retail as well uh, as well for a while um, but then uh, really got a passion for audio post-production and working in advertising so um, moved to Chicago uh, in 2013 and started working at Chicago recording company and worked in advertising and ADR there and then in 2016, I moved to Gimlet Media and I've been working in podcasting for the last five years, which has just been an uh, insane journey to see a very like burgeoning um, form become like big business. It's been uh, been wild. So now part of Spotify, head of audio production at Gimlet, but part of the, the broader Spotify umbrella now, which has been fascinating. And um, just kind of curious, just like uh, in general has what are like the, the best classes or the classes that you think most prepared you for, you know, like your first, you know, real full-time job? Yeah. Great question. I think, um, I don't know what classes are in, in e-media anymore, yeah. but, uh, you know, I was a Bearcast member for a few years and, and learned a lot about just like being live on radio, which is a really hard, uh, skill to do without just jumping into the deep end. Yeah. Um, and also some of the more advanced audio production classes really um, helped me out. I think I was also in some student organizations. I was in MISA. I'm not sure if you guys still have that anymore, but um, was in a student organization focused on audio production. And that was a really good way to like spend some extra time outside of classes with peers to learn things. Like that's the first time I learned really what an audio compressor did was like me and a couple other people sitting down and like tweaking the knobs until it clicked and was like, oh, that's what a compressor's for. Um, yeah. And I think also just spending hours and hours in the production suites of Bearcast cutting together promos. I really learned my chops in Adobe Audition and uh, making commercials for various local businesses. So that, I would say that, and also um, I got a business minor, which was was has been massively helpful in my career. Nice. Okay, so did you get business admin as your minor? Or was it like a specific um, I don't know if it was that specific. I think it's just oh, like okay. a minor in, in business, maybe business administration. Oh, uh, I think like the title hasn't helped me at all, but like the knowledge that I learned in like business operations and marketing and things like that gave me a lens into a world that I didn't know I was stepping into. Yeah. Uh, but working in various startups over the last few years has been like really helpful to have that knowledge to kind of understand what's going around, going on around you. Do you mind like sharing like the differences, like of what you really enjoyed versus maybe some things that you wish kind of like would change, like uh, comparing it like basically corporate to like working at like smaller kind of organizations and then. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, I've worked the gamut of working in basement studios for myself or for, for local artists to working now for like a company that's publicly traded and kind yeah. of everything in between. I think one of the beauties of like the industries that we're in is you do get those kinds of opportunities. Media production is needed everywhere. And like, it's just really exploded. Like video and audio production is everywhere from the smallest business to the business, the biggest business and like personal projects. Um, that's how we communicate now. So 
the biggest differences are like, I think the age old story is like you get to be maybe a little bit more creative when you have unlimited time because there's no deadlines or pressure. And those are super fun passion projects, but can yeah. also be frustrating because like there's never an end. Um, you know, and the difference with working in a larger company is there is a lot of structure and there's money tied into things and also marketing plans and different things that kind of take that uh, decision making out of your control, which can be frustrating, but is yeah. also kind of empowering. Because if especially if you're someone that is like a creative that like really wants to dig into the project and aren't as good as setting deadlines for yourself, like you have a deadline you have to work to. Um, there's a lot more voices when you're working with um, brands or you're working with larger companies. There's a lot of feedback coming from a lot of different places. So when you're working in the basement on your your own record, the feedback is your band members about like, what what do we like? Is this our sound? Now, when you're working in advertising, especially you're dealing a lot with, is this the brand's voice and you're dealing with marketing and you're dealing with a lot more input. Um, so it can slow the process down but ultimately it can make a better product as well. So the number of people, the amount of feedback is really the biggest, the biggest differences. And I guess, do you mind comparing that just like, or like, what were your like, what did you really enjoy about freelance? Cause I noticed you did have some work in freelance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't enjoy freelance too much, honestly. Really? Um, okay. I think, yeah. I think that, that um, it, it's interesting now as being someone that manages and hires uh, freelancers and staff, uh, staff, audio engineers and staff folks as well. Yeah. Like, I think that different people get, um, different things out of both. Like for me, I like going to one place for a long time and like working together with that company or that team, like on one vision for a long time. Yeah. Um, but I know a lot of people who get a lot of enjoyment and a lot of creative fulfillment from like jumping from project to project. Okay, this month I'm on project X, next month I'm on project Y, and I'm doing something a little bit differently. Um, and I think that would, that's what makes the industry so great is because you have people that do both and it's just a matter of plugging them in. So personally, like I did not enjoy working freelance, but I had to do it because yeah. there are times in your career where that's the work that's available. And I think um, through freelancing, I will say the best thing that happened through freelancing was I was able to meet people in a wider network and meet people who eventually led to full-time jobs down the road. So freelancing is an important experience. It's an important experience and it's really important to have, but yeah. also know that like there are really great career opportunities, both in freelance and in staff positions. Absolutely. Okay, and then that kind of, okay, so curious, to see if Bearcast, just being part of Bearcast Media, like when you're in college, did that help at all to like, like while you were doing like freelance work or, or I guess like prepare you for freelance work? I think being part of Bearcast did prepare me a bit for freelance work because, you know, it's a student organization, it's a student run organization and there is some oversight and there's weekly meetings, but a lot of the decisions you have to make for yourself and with the team of people that you're working with. And so I think back to like when I was the, the production director at Bearcast, it was like, okay, how are we going to make these audio promos? And like, who's going to make them? Am I going to make every single one or am I going to bring in other people? And so you get some of that like production management experience um, because there is some room to experiment and some room to grow and like a, a lower pressure situation than being said, like, 
here's a paycheck, make it happen. Uh, that's a different kind of pressure. So it's nice to have that space to experiment for sure. Okay. Yeah, definitely. And so like, I know you mentioned like, so production, you were kind of like the production director. Like, did you, like, what got you into that role? What, or were there any other roles that you kind of, that you uh, joined, I guess, when you were at UC or was it production mainly the only director? Yeah. It's always been production for me. I mean, okay. I, um, you know, even when I was in high school, like my first summer job was I worked for a small business and I cut together training videos. It was always for me, like I like getting my hands dirty. I like getting in the editing software and cutting things and picking takes and picking music. Um, and that's like a, a thing that is always just like spoken to me and a thing that I've always enjoyed doing. So like, the sales uh, side of it, I never had a big interest in. And now I've had to learn some of that later in my career. But like a big part of it is getting my hands into the production and, and spending as many hours cutting tape as I possibly could. Well, I guess, I mean, obviously, yeah, super cool, but that you're working at Spotify. So like, what's your you know favorite thing about working there? And maybe one of the things that like, you really like, not your best, like not your, like, best thing you love doing at Spotify. Sure, sure. Yeah. I think it's been really fascinating because, you know, the way I came into Spotify was I worked for a smaller company called Gimlet Media that was a podcast startup. Um, and we, I joined that company when we were about 30 employees and I started as a contractor and then I got hired on full time. And I saw that company grow from 30 to 80 to 100 and then get acquired by Spotify. So it's been a really interesting um experience just to see the inner workings of how that can work and how like smaller studios can work within a bigger company. I think like one of the greatest things is like working for a company that has a lot of resources and really believes in what you're doing, uh, which as an independent company and as a freelancer, a lot of times you don't have that, right? You really have to like sell that, like the thing I'm doing is important. And when you have someone that has a lot of resources that can say, we recognize what you're doing is important and we want to supercharge it. That's super exciting. Um, they also flew us all out to Sweden for a week and we got to do what they call intro days, which was a lot of fun. Um, Spotify's headquarters are in, in Stockholm, Sweden, and uh, they flew all of us Gimletters out there to to spend a week like immersing ourselves in the Spotify culture, but also like hanging out in Stockholm was a big part of it. Um, and so just working for a global company, I think is really exciting for me because we have podcasts, you know, Spotify, of course, has a music streaming platform and an audio streaming platform, um, and also is making heavy investments in podcasting and in audio production. And so yeah. being able to see teams in like Latin America and teams in like Europe and teams all across the world, building podcasts and kind of sharing those ideas, it's like being plugged into this amazing network of creators. Kind of curious, like, uh, what has been your favorite project thus far throughout any of your, you know, like organizations or companies that you've worked for compare or, and also if you remember any of your favorite projects that you did at Bearcast? <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a good question. On the Bearcast side of things, I was trying to remember, I like opened up some old hard drives today and was like, I wonder if I have any of my air checks or any of my, um, ads that I made and like. I came across this jingle uh, that we had that was like the terrible song of the week. And it was just like this goofy thing where it was just fun to be like tongue in cheek. I, I had a show running long term with my friend Caitlin Beal. Um, and that was just a lot of fun to do for, for a very long time. But also like, I think for me, it was building the promos 
for Bearcast to say like what we are. And I remember this thing where we had at the time, these bands may not, for people who are in Bearcast, may not even be relevant anymore, but it was like, we we cover everything from horse the band to bear uh horse the band to bears versus horses and it was like these two bands at the time were that were like in the indie scene that were like one was very indie and mellow one was very hardcore and it was just fun to say like hey this is our identity and put it out there and think about like how do we sell like the station to our listeners um so that was a lot of fun i think you know i i've been really fortunate to work on some really interesting projects um in my time in Chicago, I think one of the most fun things I ever got to do was ADR, which is is uh, automated dialogue replacement. So you'll have people come in and do additional lines for films and things. And I got to work for a week with Spike Lee. And it was just like this insane immersion into like a genius's workflow uh, in a really high pressure situation. But like you learn so much from those experiences. Um, that that was just i think that's a career highlight for me i don't know if i'll ever top that one that one was pretty incredible. yeah did you get a selfie with them i didn't get a selfie it was definitely <laughs> um i don't know i think you know for me i've been really fortunate to like work with a lot of celebrities in that line of work where we're doing like additional dialogue and things but like yeah. I think part of the reason I enjoy do it is like I starstruck too often. Um, and when I do, it's like the weirdest, not who you'd expect maybe. Um, and so like, it never dawns on me. It's like, I'm there to do the work. And then someone will ask me like, Oh, you got a selfie, right? I was like, I didn't even think to ask, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but also sometimes it feels like a little, like, I don't know. I think as an audio engineer, especially in those high pressure situations, you're definitely more of like a service provider. You're, you're, you're there to do the work and to make the ship run well and to be out of the way and, and to make sure that the thing runs well. So um, maybe next time, we'll see. I get you, I got you, okay, cool. That's awesome. And uh, what do you know, or what do you wish you knew before you like started like your professional career in like media? I mean, I think the two things uh, that I would tell anybody that's like, about to graduate and they're starting their career is like finish the project, get it done. I think I think early on in my career, especially for the first few years, I spent so much time toiling over like perfection, whatever that is. Like I wouldn't get the album out, it was delayed because I was just always tweaking and really get it out in the world. Like the finishing something and moving on to the next thing and being okay with like, yeah, that didn't quite live up to my expectations, but like the next one I'll learn from it. I think having that kind of healthy boundary of like when a project is done and when you got to move on to the next one is something that's really hard to learn, but get it done. The thing that you're thinking about right now that's sitting on your desktop that you got to finish, finish it tonight and like move on to the next project. Yeah, I mean, you're living, we're just living in kind of like this you know, generation where it's like everything needs to be perfect or we're, we're trying to compete against so many people, but mainly if you just try to build on yourself, I feel like you'd be a Well, and prop. I think a thing that you just said there is so important where you just said like, we're trying to compete. And like, I think that's a thing that I think a lot about, like now that I'm, you know, 10 years into my career, like I did view a lot of competition like with other folks in the program or like especially when I was first starting out like who was getting what job and like really think of it a competition and like that can do a lot more damage than you wanted to do like find ways to collaborate and like work in collaboration first and also share ideas like even if even if one of your peers or someone else like got the job that you wanted like 
follow up with them. How did it go? Like build that network. And I know like as a college student, I always bristled against this a little bit of like networking. I want to do the work. I'm going to be, you know, I want to be the best at doing the work and that's important. But the people that you build a network with now are going to be the people that you're relying on in, in five or six years and like building things together. So like, don't go it alone, collaborate. That's a, that's a big one. That's an awesome quote. That, that's only being used. I'm so happy to say that. Um, also just curious. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what everyone hears, you know, like how, network, network, network. You give, you, like, how did you begin like your networking like journey? Did, and did Bearcast help at all in that process right when you got out of, um, you know, UC? My networking journey started too late, I think. Like I was, I was really fortunate right out of class to start a network um, of local musicians and local artists and, and was really encouraged by um, some adjunct professors. Like I got plugged into an internship with a local musician and I ended up being his, uh, his audio engineer for a few years and really started to build that network. But I wish I would have started earlier. In reality, my professional network building started um, in earnest when I moved to Chicago. And like, that is when I worked in a studio that we were all basically freelancers and contractors. And so there was a lot of us in and out of the door every day. Yeah. And so then we'd collaborate on projects or, you know, we would, um, in the summer when the studio work wound down a little bit, we'd all travel out to Coachella and do like the recording audio for the music festivals and like started to meet people through that world and get involved in different types of products instead of putting my head down and like just focusing on my work. That's mm -hmm. really when I started building it. And that's the network that actually ultimately got me to Gimlet and got me to Spotify. So it's super important to like find those collaborators that you love working with um, early, early. I wish I would have started a lot earlier. I, I know you just kind of discussed a little bit about, uh, you know, like that freelancing obviously like wasn't your like bread and jelly, but wondering if there was like sure. anything that you really loved about it and really didn't like, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, just wanted to ask you again, yeah. see if you had anything else. Totally. Yeah. The things that I loved about freelancing were the variety of projects I got to work on. You know, there were uh, a few years there where it would be like, I was, um, during the day I was doing commercial work and then at night I was editing an audiobook and the next day I would be working a concert and it was cool to have that variety of work. What I really did enjoy was doing my own taxes. Honestly, it's like all of the paperwork and all of the business you have to do with that and you're you're kind of on your own with that. So there's a lot of advantages to freelancing as far as like your your freedom to choose projects and your freedom to like choose what you work on, but there is a lot of um, hours that you're going to spend weekly and monthly, just like chasing the next project, like seeing what's out there, continuing to build that network. And then also like doing the paperwork and like keeping, keeping yourself in check and making sure that you're itemizing everything. And like all of those things that like, that's never the most fun thing for me. Um, and so <laughs> that's why I like a place to go and like attach to someone else's vision long-term. Um, and, and fortunately, I've been able to work at places where there is a variety of projects within that company, instead yeah. of being attached to one show that I make for years and years, it's been a company with lots of different shows and lots of different types of things that they make that I can plug into. So it's been really rewarding. Okay, that's awesome. And this is not like a you know specific question from Bearcast, but sure. do you have any good Spotify playlists that you have or any types of uh, podcast series that you listen to? We need, yeah. some, we got, we, we're in quarantine, man. We need something. 
<laughs> well, I got to give a plug to the Get Up, which is Spotify's morning show that I helped uh, technical direct. So okay. that's a show that we make every morning. Um, and it's a mix of, you know, personalized music for you that comes from what your listening history also with segments of like kind of a morning style radio show. And we've got three hosts in New York that we work with that they're all recording from home and we have engineers that are controlling it from home and it's all this like crazy web of internet production, but it's also just like a really fun way to start your morning. I'm like a huge news junkie too. Um, so I listen to every day, I listen to um, the journal from the Wall Street Journal. I listen to the daily, I listen to Up First from NPR. There's so much news out there. Um, and uh, also like, I, I really love hearing about music. And so there's this new show called Duet that my friend Matt makes. And it's like bringing two artists together to talk about playlists, right? So he'll bring two artists from two different worlds and they'll make a collaborative playlist and they'll talk about like what this song means to me and, and has some really cool, cool moments. The first episode has Mavis Staples in it and she's just like talking about some incredible music and it's just a lot of fun. So it's, I love like, it's one of those funny things where I started listening to podcasts because I was working in music every day and I started to kind of like get overloaded with music and I was like, I'm going to start listening to podcasts. And then I started working in podcasts and then I made this switch like back over to music. And now like my job is mostly working in spreadsheets. And so I'm like, okay, I'm back to podcasts. <laughs> yeah. It's nice. Uh, it's been a, been good to be like back as a podcast listener. That's awesome. And so I know you're back a listener. Do you, do you have any podcasts or do you, do you create any or did you create any? Yeah. So I was for years, I've never been the host of a podcast. I don't think anybody needs to hear me talk about <laughs> anything. If I did, it would be like about audio cables and, and something like super nerdy. Uh, we made it, I, somebody made a joke the other day in the meeting that like, if there was a show about like recording ambience, like recording room tone, I would be the host for that show because like, that's what I bring up all the time. It's like, you did that interview. Did you record room tone? Because we need oh, it. Um, oh, I see. So I'm yeah. like a room tone evangelist. Um, but like that would be a very boring or maybe interesting show, depending on the room tone and how much of an audio nerd you are. But yeah. um, I, I worked uh, for Gimlet Creative for a few years, which was Gimlet's branded podcast arm. So I, I joined Gimlet to be the audio engineer for their branded content. So. Um, I made a show called The Phenom Effect with Nike, which I'm super proud about. Um, you know, it was it was highlighting some of Nike's uh, female athletes like Chloe Kim and Abby Wambach and like got to tell these amazing stories and like got to bring sound design and music into it. And they were somebody that were like really wanted to make it big, which is great. Those are the types of shows I love working on where like interview shows are great. Chat shows are great. There's a lot of room for those. But I like working on the things where I can bring like interesting sound design moments, recreate some scenes. Um, so that was one of the most fun ones I think I ever got the chance to work on. And then um, another question I had was, uh, you know, oh yeah, for, because we, we started a podcast series actually, you know, this, or basically fall ends for spring, just because, you know, usually have radio shows, but we can't do that because of mm. COVID and stuff like that. Just wondering if you had any tips for like that beginning podcaster. They, they think they have a really good story, but they're trying to have the trouble like, having to discuss it without feeling like they're rambling or getting too much off topic. Yeah, totally. I think one, just the thing you said is right. The story is the most important part, right? Do you have a good story? Because like, and this is like uh, talking to me back in college, like I would shake my head at myself. Like 
having thousands of dollars of equipment is nice, but it's not the most important thing. Like having the cleanest recording is important, but it's not the most important. The most important is the story, right? Is what you're doing helping the story? Are the people that you're talking to helping you tell the story? Um, so I think what I would suggest to, to podcasters starting out is like record a lot, go interview and talk to a lot of people. Don't wait for it to be perfect to get it on tape. You can always edit it later. Um, and like put it all on, on paper and start editing it. I think, I think a thing that, um, you all know as people who produce media, but a thing to know as someone who's been making media for years and years and years is like, it's never the first draft and it's hardly the 10th draft. Like I've looked at some of my Pro Tools sessions for final mixes and it's like version 48. Like we do a ton of editing. We do a ton of like re-looking at it. I would also say like, find a good editor. You, you can't be your own editor. So even if it's like your friend, have them listen to the story and edit it. I mean, I think that is, that's all the main questions I have. I mean, I guess the, you know, the last thing yeah. is, are there any other call to actions that you want to give to like the next senior that's nervous about how they're going to, when they're going to do when they graduate? Right. Um, you know, I think the seniors that are graduating this year are going to be in a tough spot and, and because of the worldwide pandemic and like worldwide uncertainty. And I would say like, that is real, but don't obsess over. I, I graduated in 2009, right after you're during the financial recession. So yeah. like, I've been thinking a lot about like how that affected my career trajectory. And I'll just say like, don't wait for the perfect thing, uh, especially right after, right when you're getting out of school. Um, I think waiting for something good is important and asking all the right questions. But like, if you wait for the perfect job or the perfect gig where it aligns your passions and your art and the right money, you're gonna be waiting for a while. Um, and I, I would say like, jump into a place that, that feels like the right fit and will give you the support to continue growing. Because like, I think people need to remember that you're gonna learn as much in your first year in the job as you did in your four years in college. You're gonna be very different skills. So dive in and, and really um, make that happen and ask about support for training. And like, how do you, how do you continue to career to, to grow your career because that first job's not every job. So, but it's important to dive in. Why should the next UC student join Bearcast Media? The next UC student should uh, join Bearcast Media because it's a great place where you can work with other people that have different creative ideas and you can really like make something together. That's not just a class project. It's not for a grade, it's for, you know, putting something out into the world. It's to start getting that, that experience and also like growing your experience outside of that one thing that you're really good at. Um, it's a great place to kind of see how the intersection of like business and production and kind of all of this works and, and how five different shows can sound completely different, but all be really valuable shows to make. So yeah, jump in, get involved because otherwise you're, you know, sitting in your dorm or sitting in your apartment working on your own project, like build that network. This is the first step.